bustling North African port city, Hippo Regius, now Anaba, on the Algerian-Tunisian border. His contemporaries acclaimed him one of the great masters of the Latin language, but he spoke it with a detectable African accent. He was proud of his African heritage, and he owed much in both theology and piety to traditions of North African Christianity. Augustine the bishop had neither mitre nor crozier. He said no private masses, he had no private chapel, nor did he wear any distinctive Episcopal garb. There was at the time no settled uniform for clergy. Augustine, by his own account, spurned fineries and dressed with great simplicity, likely in the rough robes of a monk. Carpaccio's image is wrong in many other ways as well. It is almost impossible to imagine the historical Augustine spending long hours alone writing. He seems everywhere and always surrounded by people, mixing with close friends and clamoring parishioners, preaching extemporaneously to large and noisy crowds in Hippo and Carthage, listening in frustration to lawsuits between contentious local litigants, chewing over the Bible with monks and clergy as they shared their common meals, or deliberating long hours in council with his fellow North African bishops. Augustine was certainly an author, but a very few of his writings were likely written with his own pen. He mostly spoke his books, dictating them, often late at night, to stenographers who worked on the staff of his government-supported church. We think of Augustine as a great writer, but contemporaries knew him as a great talker. He was, in fact, a talker by profession, a highly trained, enormously gifted orator. And while he may have consulted books, he most often cited them, especially the Bible, from his prodigious memory. Pictures cannot begin to capture that voice of Augustine. The historical Augustine comes down to us as all voice. One hears through that voice, through the endless flow of sonorous words, an intellect at times fierce and combative, but more often penetrating and restless, always searching, always probing. And what catches our ear, as it caught the ear of his first hearers, is the heart beneath that voice, that uncanny ability of his to speak across the centuries, heart to heart, his heart to ours. Now, this series of recordings you're going to be listening to offer, in their own way, a portrait of Augustine. The materials are not paint on a canvas, but fleeting spoken words. The words will mostly be Augustine's own. In these recordings, I try and let Augustine tell his own story in his own words. In the process, I hope to help listeners tune their ears to the melodies of his speech and to the swirl of his mind. His was an agitated eloquence, and he used it to ponder and wrestle aloud with life's mysteries, both those glimpsed in the epic of human history and those astir in the depths of the human heart. But Augustine's center and passion was another far greater mystery, the God he met in his Bible and in his heart. Now, these recordings are meant as an introduction. I'm going to be drawing heavily from a new book of mine entitled Augustine in His Own Words, to be published in 2010 by Catholic University of America Press. I do not presume listeners know anything much, or for that matter, anything at all, about him. The challenge is how best to enter into his life, his thought, and his world. That world of his, the world of late antiquity, is dauntingly intricate. To enter it, we're going to need certain basics. We'll certainly need a measure of sympathy. Augustine himself used to ask readers for a certain benefit of the doubt 
when starting out. As he says in the opening of his treatise on the Trinity, quote, let everyone who reads these pages move along with me when he's equally sure of things. When he's equally hesitant, let him delve into them along with me. When he realizes the mistake is his, let him come back to me. When it is mine, let him call me back. And so let us go forward together along the road charity lays out, setting our sights on God, on the one of whom it is said, seek his face always. Unquote. Our focus in these first two talks is going to be on Augustine's most famous work, his Confessions. Confessions is one of the uncontested classics of world literature. Even if Augustine had written no other work, this alone would have ensured his lasting fame. Confessions is sometimes described as autobiography, but calling it autobiography is at once true and untrue.